This is the Bartholomew Town Podcast. B-Town listeners, what is happening? Welcome into another edition of the Bartholomew Town Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Bartholomew. On this episode, a fun conversation with Kevin Essington of the Roger Williams Park Conservancy. All right, let's hope everyone is enjoying the summertime as best as you can. I know that I've been spending as much time as I can outside of the studio, which isn't a whole heck of a lot, by the way. I've been really busy. I've got some exciting announcements coming up on a new project that I've been working on. I can't wait to share with you. And by the way, it's it's hard to believe that this is a presidential election year when you think about how our attention normally is like 120% in that arena this year at best, except for, I guess, those who are really working on a campaign or obsessively focused. I don't know, mine, it's about 50% or so. So what I can say is that over the next two weeks, not just with respect to the presidential election, but with respect to Decision 2020. Uh, There won't be any new podcasts. Um, There'll be an episode on Friday, and then we'll be off for two weeks as I prepare for Bartholomew Town's election coverage, bringing it back home. That's how, really, this program began in 2018, in-depth coverage of not only the state offices, but a lot of the local elections and so on and so forth. So we're going to get to it as best we can. Of course, the primary coming up, in September, there's going to be early voting via mail-in ballots. So, got a lot of election-related programming for you here in Rhode Island. And you know what? I'm going to go ahead and call Bartholomew Town Rhode Island's Election Central. So, you're going to hear that phrase over and over again. I know it's pretty, uh, I don't know, it's sort of self-congratulatory. I'm just using it as a way where I'm going to try to put everything in one place where you can come in and get as much information as possible. So, going back in that direction, and like I said... Other stuff heading your way as well. So going to roll those announcements out very soon. I've been teasing it a little bit, and you know, at the end of the day, it's not that big a deal. I didn't, uh, I didn't buy you all a mansion, you know, or anything like that. But stay tuned. Rhode Island's election central right here on B Town after a two week break starting next week. And for today, we've got Kevin Essington of the Roger Williams Park Conservancy. Really, this conversation was prompted by their Arts in the Park program and how it's gone into a digital mode this year. And it sort of veered into just a general discussion about the importance of particularly Roger Williams Park and parks in general here in our state. For me, Roger Williams was definitely critical to the the teeth of COVID-19 back in, um, you know, really the end of March, April, even into May. Um, being in Elmwood, Providence, I could walk to the park and and kind of mosey around the trails and uh, really just take an escape. And I could see that that was something that many other people were taking advantage of. And frankly, it was large enough of a space. It, it is large enough of a space, large enough in an, of an environment that you can spread out and kind of explore the area without being on top of everybody else. So a celebration to Roger Williams Park and uh, Kevin Essington giving us a breakdown of some of the programs that are going on there today and into the future. So stay tuned. Thanks for listening to Bartholomew Town. All right, well, um, let's get right into it. Arts in the Park, Roger Williams Park, which, by the way, for me, Roger Williams became my sanctuary in the thick of COVID-19, you know, as far as we're here in Elmwood. Before Mayor Lorza closed down the parks in whatever it was, April, whatever that was, every day taking a walk there, going through the trails, world headquarters for me for a while. It still is in a lot of, a lot of respects. So let's talk about, um, let's just focus in on an arts in the park. And then we can kind of talk about in general, how Roger Williams factors into the Providence regional community here. So thanks for coming on, by the way. It's my pleasure, Bill. I suspect you were not 
alone or did it feel alone in your use of Roger Williams Park <laughs> during the depths of the COVID shutdown? The park superintendent noted that trash pickup uh, during, say, the late April and May uh, weeks was twice what it normally is. Wow. There were fewer places for us all to go outdoors, as you may recall. And even those who don't live near the park well, were traveling to the park to be able to get at least get outdoors yeah. and possibly, possibly even wave uh, to a, a friend or a neighbor who might be passing by. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, and it was really once I remember the day that, you know, they put the signs up, okay, the parks are open. We're going to have the safe streets in Providence. And, and it was sort of like, all right, we're back in business. That's when I felt more of an explosion of people coming out. And I think that was in May at that point, by the time the parks had formally reopened. But even during the shutdown, you know, there were still people over there. I drive through and go, okay, what's, what's really going on here? What's, what's, what are the actual restrictions? So it, it was a magnet for people. And I think that it, you know, other than the trash, it sounds hopefully it was trash in trash cans, not trash in trails. But it was both. Um, yeah. <laughs> but that's probably the most consistent way to measure uh, park use is just how much yeah. trash the city hauls out on a regular basis. Um, of course, we all have eyeballs too, and uh, we did see in May that it was indeed very popular and very busy, which to me expressed the need for. Connection to the outdoors, connection to nature, uh, and indeed connection to each other and the role that parks like Roger Williams Park play in our personal lives and in our civic lives. Undoubtedly. Undoubtedly. All right. Well, Arts in the Park is here. It's going to, I believe, through all of August, right? It'll be going on or at least a good chunk of the month. Our Arts in the Park campaign will run through the holidays. Yep. And we have programs scheduled in the park through August, but we have many more that we will be offering through the fall. We're looking to see what is the most popular and in demand and using that to build out our fall programming. What can uh, folks who show up or, 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 or want to participate digitally or whatever, maybe what can, they, what can people find? How can they get involved? They can visit. The Roger Williams Park Conservancy website, which is at rwpark.org, and participate in a couple different ways, one remotely and one in person in the park. So first, remotely, we're very pleased to offer some beautiful art of Roger Williams Park for people to purchase for their home. Uh, it was developed by a local artist named Peter Cardoso. They're posters that evoke the 1930s WPA era posters of our national parks, but with a modern twist. And they're quite stunning, hand uh, screened. They are uh, signed and numbered, and it's a museum grade museum grade uh, paper, rather. So they're beautiful pieces of art, and uh, they become a hit with a lot of people. Temple to Music is one of the four that are available in this. It's particularly popular for people. We also have a fun, joyful coloring book that local artist Brett Day Wyndham put together that's available for download on the website. And then also remotely, folks can submit their art. We want everyone to share with us how the park helps them, how it brings them joy, and 
show others uh, how they like to express their connection to Rich Folks Park. And, and then, then in, in the, yeah, oh, yeah, no, pardon me. I think we're going in the same exact place in person. What do we, what's, uh, is there any, anything there for, for folks? For sure. Well, we're very pleased to offer both some regular tours of the park, including tours of the history and design of the park, tours of the statues and other features of the park, tours of some of the pond restoration work that's going on in the park. We're offering some classes in the park. We just had a plein air painting class Saturday morning. We're going to have a drawing class, a mobile photography class as well. Uh, we're very excited to be offering some fun pop-up performances. We had our first fun uh, pop-up performance with a local artist, Becky Bass, who played with her steel drum on the lawn of the boathouse. Bartholomew Town alum, I must interrupt as well, Becky Bass. She's been on the show. <laughs> I'm glad. Friend of the pod. She is terrific. Uh, she put out a great performance, put a lot of smiles on a lot of people's faces uh, in the park on Saturday. Uh, and we're happy to be announcing more events. People can check our website uh, and our partners at FirstWorks uh, for upcoming performances on the lawn at Boathouse. You know, there's some really interesting conversations going on right now about statues in Providence. Obviously, Christopher Columbus was yanked down here in Elmwood uh, just, a, just a month ago now at this point. Inside Roger Williams Park, there's a really diverse well, relatively diverse set of statues. I must. I. I. I can't identify necessarily from a, a racial standpoint, or maybe they're not. There aren't that many women. Um, but there's. I'm thinking of one in particular, the the trumpet player with a mustache. What's that all about? <laughs> uh, that is a statue of a man named Bowen R. Church. Uh, the statue is also just called the Bandmaster. Um, he was considered one of the best cornetists of the 19th century nope. and um, was a famous band leader uh, in Providence and then beyond. Uh, that particular sculpture uh, was cast by the Gorham Company here in Providence, like many right. of the turn of the century statues were. But I agree, it's, it's a very interesting um, sculpture. It stands out uh, as you are walking or driving slowly through the park to see a man playing his cornet at you uh, over by the seal house. Yeah, no, that's it's. And then of course you got the seals as well. And they're, they're sort of, uh, I guess they're sculptures, you know, sort of yes. statues of sorts. This is the Bartholomew Town Podcast. B-Town listeners, if you enjoy the journalism, opinion, analysis, and entertainment that Bartholomew Town has become known for, consider becoming a Bartholomew Town insider or making as little as a $3 monthly contribution to help sustain this program. Head over to patreon.com slash Bartholomew Town or click the support link wherever you're listening right now. For daily digital content, search for Bartholomew Town or me, Bill Bartholomew, on your preferred social media app. Do you get the sense that, um, it's sort of a loaded question because I think we all understand this, but COVID-19 has brought out a renewed sense of the value of urban space to be used for natural connections, spacing out, getting away, plugging in. Do you get the sense that as a result of that, Roger Williams in general is going to see a spike in traffic, a spike in interest, and maybe a spike in preservation? We have certainly seen a growth in the use of the park by our neighbors and others leading up to COVID and a renewed investment in the park by 
the city and by where by my organization, the Rudgewoods Park Conservancy. COVID-19 has put a magnifying glass on all of that and has shown that parks like Roger Williams Park are not nice to have features. They are must have features for cities and its residents. When crises like these happen, research shows that uh, people during the recovery, people need to, to connect to one another um, and public spaces provide a vital place to do that. And Roger Williams Park is the most visited public park in Rhode Island is probably our most important place to be thinking about that. That's fascinating because, yeah, I suppose if you collectively added all the beaches up, you know, state beaches or whatever, it may be municipal beaches that, you know, maybe that that is collectively um, where most people go. But yeah, Roger Williams is that singular spot where more people go than anywhere else. And it's what's also very unknown, I think, about the park is the amount of space that there is when you get out into the lakes and when you get out onto the trails and, and really there's a ton to explore there. I think that's overlooked. You know, a lot of kids, a lot of us went to the zoo as kids or still do as adults, frankly. And, um, you know, you see, you know, that, but, but deeper in, you know, you make a right at the, at, at the Betsy Williams cottage and you can keep going for a while. Uh, you absolutely can at, at, uh, over 400 acres. There's a lot to see and to explore. Um, and that was intentional when the park was designed by H.W.S. Cleveland back in the 1870s. Uh, he was very intentional in creating the sense of scale and in creating surprises and vistas for visitors. This was back when the whole field of landscape architecture was in its infancy, and it was con considered critical for visitors of any place that a landscape architect was designing to have this sense of joy and surprise and, and perspective in the landscape. So the many viewpoints that you have there, whether it's from um, one end of Cundiff Lake or looking across um, Roosevelt Lake at the casino are all very intentional and helps generate that sense of the park being uh, maybe even much bigger than it actually is. Right. There's a small peninsula. I mean, it's like really a walking trail. It's width, and I believe it's on, in, in Roosevelt Lake, and it looks back across at the casino. It's over by where Roger Williams' gravesite is. That peninsula has been dubbed Willie's Island by my wife. That's where we, uh, even though it's a peninsula, we head out there, and it's like, you know, you can kind of find your own world out there and conquer your own space. I've got friends in the park that are beavers. I've got, you know, you see them over and over again. You know, that's, it's a magical place. I, I'm glad you think so. And I, I think <laughs> the, the use of the park by so many people of all ages and from all different backgrounds testifies to how that really is. It's a widespread reaction that people yeah. have. That it's there, it's there for everyone. Uh, it's there for people to explore in a way that uh, is meaningful to them. You know, it's not like, um, say, going into a more indoor space. Uh, it, it, it is kind of more wide open and allows people to find their own little special part of the park that speaks to them. All right. Last couple of minutes here. Um, arts in the Park. What, what are, going back to that, how long has that program been going on for and what sort of adaptations have you made 
that were that weren't discussed already as far as you know are you the evolution of that project and where do you see it going forward after this year um so we launched the arts in the park campaign at the beginning of july uh and we've been very pleased with pleased with the reaction the the art coloring books have been very popular the submitting art has been really popular so i feel like the online part of this campaign has struck a chord with people as we are all still living a partially uh, secluded life and trying to limit a lot of the interactions we have out of the house. Um, the in-park uh, interactions, as we've just started to get some of those going, have been interesting because, for example, last on Saturday when we had our pop-up performance with Becky, folks were seeing each other for the first time in many months. Um, and the smiles on the faces of people in the park who were walking by while Becky was playing a Bob Marley song kind of spoke to the need for this. And so that's why moving forward, we're going to try to do more of these small, uh, modest size interactions with the artists because it's pretty clear that people are craving a lot of that face-to-face -face live interaction. Um, all right, one more time, that website for people to get involved in and where they can find out about upcoming live events. Uh, everyone can visit our website at rwpark.org and check out the art that is uh, of Roger Wayne's Park that's available for purchase or download. You can submit your own art and keep track of what's going on in the park and, and stay in, in tune with us uh, through all the different pages on our website. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you, Bill. This is... The Bartholomew Town Podcast. As always, thanks for listening to the Bartholomew Town Podcast. Remember, Bartholomew Town is Rhode Island's election central. We'll have election-oriented programming beginning right after Labor Day, maybe even teasing a little bit before that. Just like in 2018, you can tune to Bartholomew Town for in-depth coverage of Rhode Island's elections and beyond.